broke every record in Hallmark history. Dude, you're so good at making women cry, by the way. Like, I just want to, like, <laughs> make them laugh, reasons, right? make them cry. The director of that kept asking me to smile constantly. And I told him the one thing I, I don't want to do when you tell me to smile is smile. Oh. So he would scream pineapple from behind the monitor, and I would smile. Dude, we should relations. take you to a Hallmark we store. To well, Hallmark see what happens. Like that would be viral content. Right. <laughs> Turn up the heat. I'll get naked. Thank I you. All right, Business of Influence, here we are. Thanks so much for being late, Andy. Appreciate it. You know it. what? I was busy closing deals. I'm sure you would understand. Were you? I was, actually. Where was were you? the phone calls. Oh. The phone calls that got you every morning. How, so what, what deal were you just working on? So I'm, well, I can't say it yet. Isn't it like jinxing it? Well, you don't have to give the address. Okay, so it's a really cool penthouse. Oh. Uh, and I have a very mysterious person who's interested in buying it. Oh. So it's a very elongated process. So, got yeah. it. It's one of those deals. It's like one of your crazy ones. I feel like I'm going through one of my crazy ones right now. Where'd you Where'd you meet the client? TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Do, have, yeah. do you know if you if TikTok didn't exist, <laughs> would you know how to do real estate? I was actually talking about this the other day. I don't know if I would be doing real estate if TikTok didn't exist. I think that's true, actually. Yeah, because I I love obviously the sales part and meeting people and talking to everyone, but I don't like yeah. doing like board packages and stuff what would you be doing <laughs> i don't like doing the work like Dude, the okay. stuff that everyone else has to do i'm a tiktoker yeah, i love making the videos walking around and i yes. love talking obviously yeah you talk real fast yeah like, tiktok you're so fast but then in real life you're you're a bit more like old school what well, would you do if you weren't a real estate agent right now so i it would i think it would probably be something video oriented like i told you last week uh we i used to work in film and stuff yeah so I just really like art and architecture. So somewhere in that realm, I went to school for dentistry, but obviously that didn't work out. Um, and you my have mom's nice an architect. Teeth. Thank you, thank you. I worked really hard on. My grandma worked really hard on them. She's a dentist. Oh really? Your yeah. grandmother's a dentist? Yeah, yeah, she's cool. Did she do your your braces and stuff? She's so she was a, not a, like an orthodontist. She was just like a oh, a, just a dentist, a general dentist. Yeah, thank you. If she heard us say just a dentist, she'd probably cry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Nana. Apologies. <laughs> One time I accidentally told her that she wasn't a doctor. And that that was awful. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Did she pull um, a tooth on you. Just like took the thing, just took it yeah, out. Just extra to pain. She, yeah, we would just literally lay down in bed, and she would just go at it with her tools. What do home. you think I'd be doing if I weren't in real estate? Well, I mean, you wouldn't be an actor because obviously that didn't work out. So maybe you'd still be. I don't know. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Have you seen the one movie I ever did? Uh, is that the Ben Stiller one? Yes, the best. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, are we, I, I, no, you haven't seen it. No, I haven't what seen was it. What's my? This guy shows up late, starts trashing my life and passions and dreams and everything. Okay, I'm gonna make you watch it as homework. Actually, I, you, you're gonna have to sit and watch while we're young, the greatest movie ever made, um, next to the movies uh, that have been made by our guest today, obviously. Um, but you have to watch it. I, I watched uh, the one coding. I watched like a quick synops synopsis of it. Um, the one that we talked about with Billy, it was like a 90s coding movie with uh, that girl from Descendant. No, no. Hackers. Hackers, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't in that movie. No, I know, but you talked about it and I didn't know it. I just pretend I just oh. sat here and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what they're talking about. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for cha thanks for changing the subject so, of course. so drastically right there. <laughs> um, with that, um, uh, because you so eloquently said that our next guest accomplished what I could not. <laughs> Um, today we have somebody uh, uh, that we're all very, very excited about, um, especially people in this room, uh, my family at home, and so many others around the world. Tyler Hines is an accomplished actor who's starring in all of your favorite Hallmark movies. 
Um, uh, most recently, he was in Three Wise Men and a Baby, which is a film that broke every record in Hallmark history. Uh, Tyler Hines, he's also a skateboarder. He's a musician, actor, writer, director. He's based out of Canada. Just flew down today from Canada to do this with us and is flying right back. Um, and fun fact, he also started his professional career at the ripe age of eight years old. It's when you got to start. You got to start young, which is basically how old Andy is. So Tyler Hines, welcome to the business of influence. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Absolutely. Thanks for sitting so quietly and awkwardly over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to take well, it all in. You made some big roasting. statements about my movies, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. So I have a question for you. How yes, are you sir. so tan living in Canada? Because you need to tell us your secrets. Uh... I went to Costa Rica. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's okay. no secret there. Yeah. Let's talk about your teeth, though. Hold on. So let's see these things. So <laughs> I, your yaya, your 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 yaya, your yeah. grandmother is a I dentist. I call her abuelita. Okay. That's a word. <laughs> Can you say abuelita? Abuelita. Yeah. No, oh, you can't. Got <laughs> I got pretty close. You got burrito. No. A burrito. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she's always been your dentist. Yeah, I. Just... Buddy, this is an ace in a hole. <laughs> well, we I've mentioned this before. For me, the most important things are shoes and teeth. I don't know why. They're just in all life. Do you see his yeah, shoes yeah. right now? I, I noticed them. You, oh, your shoes are nice. No, your too. shoes, Andy. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Look at your shoes. I love my shoes. Is, is it like? Is it snake skin? So it's it's, alleg crocodile, alleg yeah. but it's not real because I would never do that because I'm from Florida. Are you sure Good these man. look like lubies? Are you wearing? You yeah, have the red bottom shoes on so, right now. They, but you've worn through them. I don't like the red bottom to be honest. So, I want it to be gone. I, it's just too much for me. Yeah, you could also buy other shoes. No, no, but I fell in love with these. I would have never spent this much money on shoes that I didn't love. Oh, like it was this design that I was like, yeah. So you only care about shoes and teeth? Tyler, what do you well, that's care That's the only. <laughs> uh, right now, I only care about his shoes and his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us. Yes, sir. Um, take us back. Yeah. All right. And just to give you a, a little context, um, uh, uh, we've all seen some of your films, pieces here and there. How did this come to be? How did you become the Hallmark guy? Right, and it's such a specific niche, which which does play into what we talk about a lot here. You know, we interview lots of different types of people who find their niche and run with it, and you've done that. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I don't look like I belong in Hallmark. Let's be real. You might have a better shot at auditioning <laughs> for a Hallmark movie than I would. Uh, no, I, I like it. It looks like you just yeah, like I, you I just like came it. out of the fields. Like yeah. you just like you were working Milk this morning, jumped on a. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jumped yeah. on a plane. This is this is how I live. Um I ended up doing my first Hallmark movie because a woman named Leanne Rhymes, who is a singer. I've heard of her, yeah. Yes. She sings very good music and she was doing a movie and she was an executive producer and she I think chose me to come be in this movie. I don't know that Hallmark would have gone out of their way to hit me up to be in one of their films, but uh she did. So I went and did that. That was the first one. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. When was this? It's four years ago, four and a half years ago. And I've done, I don't know, 14 or 17 of these movies since. Damn. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been, when I first showed up, I didn't quite know what it was. Uh -huh. There was a lot of conversations about facial hair, hair, misplaced hairs were a big problem and i was very confused by the whole process for you specifically for me and i think like they for looked everybody. at you or like wait this is Leanne, the first conversation sure? yes yes absolutely right but uh i did that first one and the director of that kept asking me to smile constantly after every line and i told him the one thing i i don't want to do when you tell me to smile is smile so we came up with a safe word and that safe word was pineapple 
So he would scream pineapple from behind the monitor and I would smile a little bit here and there. And that first one was kind of happenstance. They called me two days before I went and showed up and shot it. And then I ended up getting calls to come back over and over again. And I have a, a, a buddy who's married to my cousin who's been doing these movies for years. So I called him and asked him what it was. And since then, it's just kind of turned into what it is. It's, it's a happy place, a very lovely place. There's a lot of lovely people who watch the movies and seem to like find solace in watching them. And I think it's a unique audience, different than any other network. And I think because of that, it's become somewhere that I want to sort of stick around. What's the, what's the difference between doing, because you, you talked about like this world, right? Yeah. What is the difference between doing a Hallmark movie and any other movie? Generally, on other movies, you kind of get let loose a little bit more. And I think when I first showed up, it was a different uh, executive branch above. And they were a little more hands-on and a little precious. Again, maybe that was maybe my experience because I look the way I look and I act the way that I act, which is, I think, quite different than what they're used to. Wait, how do you act? Wait a minute. You can't just drop that and then just keep talking. Yeah, what I also want to know, what's the I don't know, look like, that they're looking for? Are you, are you like a bad boy showing up on like the good set <laughs> with like your motorcycle? Well, come on, your Yaya watches these movies. What are the guys that you normally see in the background? Like, they don't look like me. These are like handsome, like my, my, my buddy. He's like carved from stone. The dude could cut this table in half with his jaw. Yeah. These are the kinds of guys that they would sort of hire. So for me, compared to other jobs, like I shot a World War II movie and there's really no conversation about what you're doing. You kind of get let loose and maybe the director nudges you here and there. But with these, it's a specific genre with a very specific goal. You have to be very cognizant of uh, not being too triggering, too serious, too mad when you're getting mad, too sad when you're getting sad. These are all oh. things that I had to get schooled in. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then now it's kind of all evolved into something else. I think the whole channel is turning into something a little more uh, organic and, and, and uh, artistic. Because of you. No. And your hair. Not. Yes. <laughs> Maybe the hair. I've influenced the hair game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Okay. So you're saying that they have these specific attributes that they want people in the movies to have what, yeah. what are those what have you been told to change well essentially what you really understand very quickly is that people are there to not get triggered and at first glance if you're an actor or somebody who's and i'm i don't think of myself as like a performer who loves to perform i'm not dying to get in front of the camera i don't know how you feel about it ryan you were passionate about acting you let yeah. it go was it something that was inside you that you were like i need to perform i yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's why even when it didn't work out and I got into real estate, I surrounded myself with, with cameras people with cameras and I, yeah. I pay them to follow me <laughs> yeah. to make me feel good. I mean, it's come full circle, right? It's kind of, yeah. But I don't have that bug in me. I just like, I like good things. I like good people. And that's as simple as I sort of keep it. And so what I realized there was that people are there for a specific reason. They're there to have a safe environment to watch something that is not going to trigger them in any way and sure. once you understand that it you realize that it offers a certain dynamic that you can really enter people's lives in a personal way because they do feel so safe going into your movies so that's the kind of thing is this you know not too sad not too not too angry this, these are the kind of breaks that they put on us at the beginning but even that's kind of getting peeled back but once you understand the brand and why people are there it's very easy thing to do that is the best response you could have ever given that's like the Thanks, nicest man. thing ever yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> wow. thing yeah what is our response for when people say why we do real estate 
to, to sell real estate. <laughs> yeah. We got to make it sound more wholesome. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're helping connect people with well, yeah. the future home that they'll raise their families in. Yeah, that's right. True. When I like when I was a little kid, the first thing that I knew was, all right, I'm not good at sports. People are kind of strange, but I can find myself on stage. Yeah. Right. Theater, film, TV. I was like, fine. I, you know, got my first camcorder. My mom was the DP. My little brother was in every little movie that I did. I have like boxes and boxes of, you know, the the, the high eights of like just going through and making these little shows. You got started when you were young at yeah. eight. How, if this wasn't like part of your passion, how did this all happen? Take us back. Um, well, it wasn't your first job. I just watched this on the YouTube video in the conference room. Your first job was chopping wood? Yes. Yeah, 10 years old. Yep. So you kind of saw an opportunity to maybe make some money and yeah. you guys didn't have sort of like a financially boisterous upbringing? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I, I was okay. I, I just wanted to make my own money. Yeah, right. That was like that was the goal. That yeah. that job did not last that long. No, I was the worst woodcutter ever. Yeah, were you, were you a good woodcutter? Is that where you're going? No, certainly not. Um, Look how he's dressed. Yeah, I yeah. should. I should be. That's it's why all, you, it's you, all you, you responded emotionally to that story. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's who I should have been. That should have been my origin story. Yeah. Was that story? Yeah. No, for me. My dad. Everybody I grew up with is sort of in the construction business. Okay. My dad would fix chimneys in Toronto. He got a discount at a theater company in Toronto called Young People's Theater. Yeah. I went to do like a two-week course there. It was something in the summer. My parents just wanted me to get out of the house and away from them as far as possible. Nice. You know, good parents. Um, and understandably so. I was an obnoxious little kid. So they stuck me there. I fell in love with a girl at seven years old and auditioned for a play that they were doing at this theater company. Did that play, booked that job worked for six months or something doing this live play a christmas carol in toronto nice something i had never done or cared about my brother wanted to be an actor i was the kid who was just messing with people around while he was trying to pursue a career so that was my first experience and i was making people cry in the audience this tickled me getting a little bit of money in my pocket that tickled me we didn't have like a a uh, finances were a bit of a stress in in our home so I just sort of started doing that. And then at some point in my life, probably around 18, 19, I had to sort of come to the conclusion that this is what I was doing. And it luckily turns out, because I, I, I'm a cinephile, I do love movies deeply. You were saying you love movies, right? Love. Yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed. Like, that's why I'm asking about the TVs, because right now I'm going down a very pathetic rabbit hole, just like trying TVs, buying them, returning them, trying to find the perfect image with the perfect motion so I can just immerse myself in my home and watch movies in between making them, which speaks to your point about what you guys do and how beautiful it is. You guys do give people homes. And like this is like, I know for me, I just moved into a house in Toronto. Yeah. And I'd always lived in sort of condos or lofts and cause I'm always in and out, I'm barely home as it is. But having this house, I didn't realize how grateful I would be for it. And finding that right house and having that space to watch movies, it's fulfilled my life in ways I didn't even realize was possible. And so you guys also do a beautiful thing. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, they're <laughs> welcome. Right. We didn't help you on that one. I'm in the market for a $250, or $250 million home. You got any? Yes. Maybe a penthouse? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You can shoot every Hallmark movie in that penthouse. Uh, you can shoot a lot of movies in that penthouse. You Christmas could. I, they might be triggering. They might be triggering. Right, just else. a massive amount of money pointing that yeah. finger <laughs> at the audience. You know what's you interesting, though? Like it's, it's, I feel like you know if you look at mainstream cinema now, Yeah. You know, or or movies that try to get awards, like they are triggering. Like if they don't yeah. have a message, if there's not an agenda, 
then they're not going to even make it. Yeah. And so there is something to be said, I think, about you know the power of, of networks like Hallmark, even like HGTV, which yep. is based in Canada. Absolutely. Like I remember when Million Dollar Listing first started, HGTV, like no one watched HGTV. It was like home renovation shows that were reruns and everything. But over the years, it's gotten more and more and more popular because it's it's not triggering. People can watch it and they learn from it yeah. too. Absolutely. You know, Hallmark and even, I guess, Lifetime Channel and, and some of these others um, uh, I've, I've, I think, succeeded in recent years in kind of the same way. And, and you've almost kind of become the face of that, not by choice. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> a bold statement. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of us who, who are sort of like at that network and stuff. And I personally try to avoid being the face of anything. I feel like uh, you don't want to be the guy because the guy never lasts. It's always the second I'm guy that survives. So screwed then. I'm just so this my is, name's all yeah, over everything. Right. Yeah. Sir Hint all over the building. Yeah. Yes. I say cleric in like a year. Yeah. Is it? And, yeah. Andy's gonna survive here. Andy's gonna survive. Yeah. I don't know how it's gonna work out for you. Maybe. Ryan. Maybe yeah. not after today. <laughs> but yeah, I I I think to your point and what you're saying about that genre alone is kind of fallen away because of the yeah. price point to make like $30 million movies, the movies that we love, like Love, Actu love Actually and Notting Hill, all these amazing movies. Yeah, They lost their way as far as their place in cinema. And the fact that Hallmark picked up this business model of grabbing schmoes like me, sticking them in these movies for a three week period where we can go in and out, get a paycheck, make people happy, turn out a certain amount of movies a year, fulfilling basically a gap in the market I think it was a genius thing. It's something I noticed very early on. It's a very smart thing. And you're seeing a lot of other networks kind of follow suit and realizing that why are we not a part of this TV movie romantic genre game? Because it works. So you said wait, you turn it out in three weeks. I was just going to say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. No, that's so, I mean, that's a huge quick. difference, right? Yeah. You film an entire movie in three weeks. 15 days. So yeah. tell us how that works. Like Oof. from the day you get... It's like shooting a soap like, opera. I mean, it's wild. I mean, soap operas, I don't know if I could survive. Didn't you do a soap opera? I did. I did not survive. They also killed me. Okay, good. Yeah. Thanks. There Andy. you go. Yeah. Isn't Million Dollar Listing kind of like a soap opera? <laughs> Just like Tyler, reality? Tyler, you talk. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I, but I want to hear this too because I'd be curious to know your experience doing Million Dollar Listing because I did do a show about making reality TV shows. It was a show called Unreal that was about kind of like making the bachelor okay and the person who wrote it and created it was a producer on the bachelor oh wow and it was just very weird meta thing where they were filming us at our trailers when we didn't know it as actors in the show this whole concept of doing reality tv is fascinating to me and i watched the bachelor yeah. i love the bachelor i watched i won my bachelor league oh yes congratulations thank you sir i appreciate that um but 15 days to, to answer your question, yeah, it's it's like a sport. The way I describe these movies, it's like it's like 80% sport, 20% yeah. work, act, acting, you know, art, whatever you want to call it, performance. That stuff is not very hard to me. A, a lot of what is the challenge with those movies is overcoming the circumstances that you're in with the way we make these movies to try to do something that feels authentic or has some sort of feeling to it. This is... This is the challenge because of like the sets, etc. Like you're not. Well, it's 15 days, so you you are plowing through scenes. Like right. they're 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 packed, and you are stacked with a lot of dialogue. Usually standing still, staring at somebody, pretending you love them, and this so is not a, a lot of rehearsal thing. time. You're no, not like yeah. spending, like coming into terms with your character. You're not like Heath Ledger, like no, in a dark going room, going deep, 
kissing yeah. the mirror, trying to understand how to kiss somebody, getting in character. No, this doesn't happen. Yeah, you got to um, shoot like a hundred pages today. You got to keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's that kind of a thing, and I think that people are kind of impressed with with that side of it, and it is impressive feat. Like I feel for these production companies. I know them well, and what they pull off in a short amount of time is is pretty impressive. And, and it's our job as actors to try to fit into that and not put the brakes on anything. So I don't know anything about the acting world. You yeah. obviously know more. But he's well versed. Yeah, he knows. I, I don't know anything. I auditioned for a play in like middle school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How'd it go? <laughs> it Didn't go good. well. Didn't go well. Man, I was Here like a little are, kid yeah. wearing knickerbockers or something like that. I don't know. Dude, yeah. you still wear knickerbockers. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Ask your question. Yeah, so. I'm not undressing, by the way. I'm just getting hot. There's a lot of lights in here. <laughs> the views will start going up. That's the right. women on this floor purposely turned the heat on. <laughs> when right. you showed up and were wearing all those yeah, clothes, yeah. you're like, turn up the I know heat. What you're doing. I see. Over I time, slowly. I'll get naked. I love I would totally wear this. Like when I'm not working, like it's such a chill outfit. Okay, my question. Um, you obviously are very well versed with this, these production companies. They know yeah. who you are. How does the process work? Obviously, once in a while, you may have to audition. Do you sometimes just get roles that are kind of made to match with the vibe that you carry within the channel? I don't audition. I never have. Not okay. for these ones. So for other movies and things, yes, that is the case. Normally, an actor auditions, but for these which speaks to sort of their business model, which was smart, is, is that it's just a straight offer. Okay. I had never auditioned for a Hallmark movie, nor would I ever think that they would hire me. So this is why it was so smart that they just said, hey, do you want to be here in two days? It's this amount of money. And the first thing I said is, because it was Leanne Rhymes, is, do I sing in it? Yeah. <laughs> and then I- Because well, you were singing, right? Like your early career, you were you were kind of a triple threat, no? I, no, I, in the, when I was young, these, theater plays were musicals yes and so you're I, singing dancing acting yes but in in the least like uh broadway show hands type of way okay just like jazz hands yeah yeah exactly I, there was none of that for me um but and i've you know i as a hobby it's fine but i certainly have no business singing nobody wants to be a part <laughs> of that um the first thing i did was ask my mother to read the script because i was at dinner and uh and make sure that there was no singing <laughs> And then, and then I agreed to go do it. But yeah, they, 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 they don't uh, have me audition. It's just a straight offer. So you get the script how long before you actually start filming? Depends. That one was two days. Um, normally now, it's like a uh, couple weeks, a couple weeks, maybe a month. Can you tell us? So how did Leanne Rhymes find you? Did you know her? I don't know. No. Oh. It was bizarre. She's just driving around Canada looking for I don't know. cute boys yeah. being in the next Hallmark <laughs> yeah. movie. It's like, who's who's would look uglier than I would so I can make me look good? Yeah. Did she see something. you in something else, though, I'm assuming? I don't know. So I didn't know how I ended up there, right? And you never then, asked. You just said well, yes. I, and well, as I got to know Leanne, we became close friends. And at some point, I think she told me. And I think I asked her this at her house. She said something like she had a list of gentlemen that were proposed to her. Okay. And maybe somehow I was on that list. I don't know how. But I think she said she went to my Instagram, saw that I'm dark and evil or have some sort of vibe to me and she she I think literally at the time I was directing music videos for a buddy of mine and okay. they were kind of dark. Okay, got it. There was a, there's a there's a DJ named Rez who's a female. No, that's my favorite DJ. Oh yeah. I'm obsessed with her. Rez, yeah. <laughs> she's Canadian. Yes, she is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she's from Niagara Falls. Did have you met her? Yeah, yeah, I've shot videos for her. Cody knows. I'm freaking out. That's like yeah. my favorite artist ever. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. She's very sweet and she's very talented. So what's your brother doing now? My brother? Yeah. Yeah, so 
So my buddy is my is my buddy's favorite story ever. When we were kids, his act he wanted to be an actor. My yeah, bro yeah. my brother's a little more shy than I am. Sure. I'm not loud or outgoing. I just don't care. And so he he had this passion. He was going to acting school and yes. doing these classes. And I think he was the genie in Aladdin in some sort of play, yeah. which was wildly entertaining to me when I was six. Um, and then he did this play at school called Plutoid, and it was about pollution. And he had one line, and his character was clean air, and he was dressed in all white. He had like saran wrap somewhere on his body. Okay. It was beautiful. My mom helped him make the costume, and they go down the line of everybody saying their one line, like, I'm grass, I'm clean this, I'm that. And it gets to my brother, and I can see him stressing out. And the person before him goes, I'm clean water. And my brother goes, I'm clean water. <laughs> and he just puts his head down in size, and I'm crying, laughing in this auditorium, rolling on the floor. He couldn't so do the one line. Couldn't do it. And I think that's where his heart broke, and he gave it up at that point. When he was 10? <laughs> yeah, probably around 10, yeah. Because it, it is, it's interesting to me how, you know, um, th there's like a negotiation tactic when we talk about sales and negotiating yeah. about how the – the one who has all the power is the one who cares the least. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, in a brother brother dynamic, the one who wanted the career is not the one who got the career, it's the one who didn't give a shit about the career. Right. Right. And then the career kind of finds you. Yeah. And so as, you know, people are growing up now in the new world that we live in, trying to create careers, like you got on TikTok creating videos, not knowing that you're going to become a real yeah. estate agent. Right. Yeah. So the career kind of found you. But then there's other people who are really, really passionate about things and really want to make them happen. But, like I almost felt like that was my mistake. And it's hard to turn that off, but like coming to New York, wanting it so bad. Yeah. The movie with Ben Stiller only happened once I said, I'm just gonna do real estate now. I'm not gonna do acting anymore. I can't afford to live in New York City trying to be an actor and make no money. Yeah. I quit acting. Let me just go focus on real estate. Yeah. Million Dollar Listing New York happens randomly. Like, okay, I guess this will happen. And then Noah Bombach and the casting directors and Ben Stiller come to me because they see Million Dollar Listing. Yeah. Like, would you ever consider acting or doing a movie? I'm like, is this how this is going to happen for yeah. me? Like, once I quit, don't give a shit, stop paying attention and go and focus on renting and selling homes, it all kind of comes back full circle that way. It's, it's, it's just interesting in terms of the the attitude I think people need to have moving forward to find whatever level of success or passion that they're trying to find. It's a tough balance, like you're saying. And it doesn't, it always comes and sort of bites us in the ass at the end, you know? Yeah. Even me being a young person and sort of falling into this occupation, I was like, you know, the lead in a few TV shows and, and had this whole sort of thing that was happening. And then I hit a certain age and the brakes got kind of got put on me a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is this something that I actually want to do? So then that dynamic kind of shifts, right? And and you start realizing that maybe I do want to do this, which can put pressure and maybe kind of ruin the formula that was working in the first place. But right. I mean, what I feel like I've learned, because even Hallmark is like a very, this is not sort of where I was going. This is not a place that I thought that I would really belong. But inadvertently, I've found this thing and I've kind of made it a place that I feel comfortable with simply because the people who watch these movies are such wholesome, incredible human beings. Like I was speaking about how people come to these movies, I think there's an opportunity there that is maybe not quite fully mined for its potential. And I think you don't, like I always say this to my friends who are in these movies, I'm like, they can't control your face. Yeah. 
do whatever. The, the fact that we shoot these in 15 days, this is an asset. Do something good. The clock will tick. They maybe don't realize what it is that they have. And before you know it, the movie comes out and everybody goes, oh, that's what he was doing. And then they can kind of appreciate perhaps the alternative approach that I was taking with it. But you, you do end up kind of forging a path, even if you divert somewhere. This is all for me to come back and be like, you're going to be a movie star. So you can go this way. Yeah. And then you can find your way back. Like you're saying, now you have this thing and you're this personality that you're doing. Like, let's get you in a Hallmark movie, right? <laughs> I, let's that would go. be really good. I support movie. that. Would love that. To, uh, to kind of business question. Yeah. Hallmark movies they take up a significant amount of your time. Yeah. So it must be hard for you because it's kind of a sure thing now, right? Like you, you've done fourteen of the fifteen of them. I don't know. So maybe more than because last you do time so many movies, you don't even know how many question. movies you do, which it's is a pretty good thing yeah. over the last four or five years or so, yeah. right? Like, is is it difficult for you to think about other work? Because you're like, well, I might have five Hallmark movies to do over those three months. I don't know if I can go to Bulgaria and shoot something else. You know, yeah. it might be more in your head, like, oh, I get to go and you know jump out of airplanes or do a yeah. war movie. Or, I mean, the thing is, the the landscape has changed so much. Yeah. In the sense of like, I personally am pretty bored when it comes to what's out there for the most part. Once in a while, there's these movies or these pieces of content that are really interesting and compelling, but like, there's not a lot of like fresh experiences. And so for me, there's a lot of opportunity with these movies to do something interesting as it evolves. I think that's got some potential. And yes, it does take a lot of my time. And so I don't end up doing a lot of other things. But what it's done is I don't try to like exercise some sort of like artistic passion and endeavor. I mean, it's, I'm passionate about these movies, but I'm not trying to exert my own uh, right. artistic vision over these things. I'm trying to figure out what the movie is try to be of service and make everybody's lives as easy and, and good as possible in that process. But there's like a project I'm collaborating with friends of mine that I really appreciate and admire as artists and we get to go do these things. And that's like a long-term investment. These are, these are long yeah. endeavors that going through the whole pre-production, post-production, doing every part of that process, color grade, sound design, all these things, it takes time and it's laborious. But that's rewarding on that level. And that may or may not end up yielding a different avenue where I end up putting my focus and time. But for the time being, I kind of have everything that I want, which is, again, good people, good things. These Hallmark movies are that. And with my friends and collaborators that I do things outside of that world that are very, very different from Hallmark movies, um, I also get that. So my dance card's pretty full. I'm not, not mad about it. And you get paid a day rate? No, they give me a, a lump sum for the movie. So for the first one, do you remember what that check was like? I do. Could you tell us? Or is that top secret? No, not top secret. Okay. <laughs> That's top secret. No, yeah. but. Um, I remember the, the soap opera was $844 an episode. And I was like, awesome. For like a day's work, right? Because yeah. you shoot like an episode and change a day. Yeah. Um, but then they take the taxes out, you know, and then yeah. you get it. And I remember sitting there calling my dad because I was like 22 when I yeah. first started it. Yeah. And just. Just I wanted to check with him before I called the studio to like say where's the rest of the money because I think they printed it wrong yeah. and going through and I was like there's some typos on here yeah. FICA and there's like just different I'm like where did all the money go yeah. he's like now you know why I'm angry all the time <laughs> I was like oh yeah. that's that makes sense growing up I was like oh so I did this for four hundred and whatever dollars it was at the at the time it's pretty wild and yeah the more money you make how that sort of 
logic starts to enter in, you really realize sort of what it takes to create sort of financial freedom. Yeah, and you start thinking about like, is it that's a pre-tax number, right? So yeah. you're paying me pre-tax. Yeah. Let me just do the math in my head, and you yeah. start, you know, it becomes a, a factor of everything. It does. It's circling back, you so bootstrap tradition is with your brother. Oh, oh, the, the the bootshot tradition. Bootshot, yeah. yes. Sorry, yes. Yeah, bootshot tradition is with your brother. I mean, he he ended up coming in in the end and helping me. Got um, it. it. It was something that was just. Uh, can you tell us? Can you tell us about it? What it is? Yeah. Um, so there's a long story. I'll try to make the short story. Shot a movie, was in Vail, Colorado. Went to a German restaurant with Hallmark movie. Yes. Nice. Lacey Chabert, who's one of the actors on the network, um, and we went to this restaurant. Myself, producer, director, Lacey, and they brought out these little glasses, little yeah. bootshot glasses. And I thought that they were really cute. I bought them all for everybody. And I said, look, Christmas time, let's all take a shot, take a selfie, send it to each other so that we can like be together again. Yeah, let's do that. None of them did. <laughs> Lacey maybe did it, I think. But I was like, I like this idea. So I bought a bunch more and I gave it to my friends and family who are close in my circle. and. This was, I think, near the beginning of the pandemic and everybody was sort of dispersed. And so I started the tradition with my friends where that's what we do. Christmas time, wherever we are, because I have friends all over the place, take a shot, take a selfie. We have different group chats. Everybody piles them in. And it's just sort of a way to say thank you and say hi and check in with everybody, sort of be together during the holidays. So I started doing that. And then I think I spoke about it and the people who watch these movies, um, like this idea and they started doing it themselves so come christmas time there's a, a a facebook group that have formed like a really nice community and they did this made collages everybody taking shots out of these little glasses or whatever they can get their hands on and um and then that's now turned into we did it like a facebook live i think last year and I asked them, I was like, is this something that you guys want? And so I went about trying to figure out what that is because I have no interest in like, my personal feeling is I think we can all do with a little less. You know what I mean? And so for me, I'm not trying to go and be an entrepreneur or enterprise these things and, and make a buck. I saw something that people wanted and yeah. I essentially this is something that I've been thinking about for a while because the fans are so, I hate the word fans, but the people who watch these movies are so um, passionate. So passionate yeah. and so personal with how they express their gratitude. And that being the case, I've been trying to think of a way to be able to acknowledge them appropriately for the, for the things that they've told me, very, very personal things at these conventions that we do. And I hadn't been able to think of something. And then when this came up, I thought this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to make this experience for them that can just be there as an acknowledgement and a thank you for all the personal stories that they've told me, all the gifts that they've given me and the support they've shown me. So that's what that was. It was a huge undertaking, as you guys know, when you start to do something that's an idea to like do this whole thing. Yeah, to execute on totally. it. Totally, but I had, luckily I formed a little coalition amongst my friends. I had a friend who's a skateboarder I grew up with who des who's a nice. designer. He, he makes toys and, and makes toys packaging. So he helped me with the packaging with his wife. They got a new baby, so I was able to pay them. My buddy who does a lot of business making products, he came in and helped me. And then at the end, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to get this to everybody. Yeah. And my brother was kind of like, I can do that. And I was like, 
I didn't think of that. The whole intention was an acknowledgement for the people that were very kind to me and the fact that I was able to do it with the people that I love, a very small amount of people, and we were able to, to make it happen by Christmas, which was very close to not happening. It was a beautiful thing, and, and you know, tens of thousands of people have sort of grown this thing that is bringing people a nice bit of joy over the holidays. Can we continue it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they sold out, and I hadn't thought that far ahead, obviously. <laughs> My friends... We'll was, workshop it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And and I know people are asking about more of them and that kind of stuff, but again, like... You got time. It's the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, to figure it out again. But again, like, I, I operate in a way that I like to just be small and keep quality high and keep margins reasonable so that everybody who's interacting with me can be taken care of. But yeah. I try not to take on too, too much, but... I, uh, yeah, we'll probably figure it out. We're going to have to, I think. How do you think about your future now? It seems like you were born like kind of a, a free spirit, right? Right. It's a little bit of a free spirit vibe that yeah. I get from you. Um, I think that's cool and, and pretty admirable. And I think, I think there's a lot of people in New York who could use a little bit of that, that energy. Um, how, how do you think about the, the future? You're just going to kind of take it as it comes or do you, do you like the writing and producing angle more and maybe you do that on other networks or just Hallmark kind of got you locked down. Like they, you're like the golden goose now. <laughs> you know, like, um, no, we can't let him like, you can't pop up on, you know, lifetime or different channels. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be bad. Like, Cause we had that at Bravo. I could not go anywhere else. Do I could else, do other yeah. things in the NBC family. Right. But like if ABC, even news like yeah. wanted me to like, come on, we'd have to go to Bravo for approval. Or if yeah. it was like, Hey, go get seen on a Netflix thing. It was, not a, it was not good yeah yeah because they were like nope we want people to know that we can find you here you want more tyler yeah. you come to right you come to uh hallmark and that's where you're gonna get him only yeah yeah i mean obviously we have to be respectful to them and what they're trying to do and so yes there are those conversations and those sides of things for sure yeah but as far as the future like taking it sort of step by step just sort of moving the ball forward uh with these movies with whatever else I sort of get myself involved in. That's all I'm doing, the projects with my friends, these kinds of things, these all take time. And so I don't have some sort of passionate end game for where I wanna be other than the fact that, I mean, other than the, the kind of original goal with everything when I was young, which was to sort of create financial freedom for my family and my friends. Sure. This is kind of the end game for me. So. Which brings me to a question for you, which I had. I had a few written down here. And, and oh. one was, well, one was, um, like, because I think about this a lot more now. Yep. Like, at what point do you kind of check out and go, I have everything I need. Oh. I want to spend my time with the people I love. Everybody's sorted. Is there no part of you? Because I understand the idea that like what we do is what we love. We mm -hmm. want to fill our days with what we're passionate about. And that side of things, um, people either get caught in a thing where, where they, they don't want to let it go because it's just their life now and they don't know how to live another life. And then there's people who just, they love what they do. And so yeah. then why wouldn't they just keep doing it? Yep. For me personally, I am very comfortable with just checking out to Costa Rica or Greece. <laughs> And calling it a day once everybody's sorted. Yeah. Like that's 
for me, that's how I feel. And I may feel differently by the time I get there. Yeah. Because it is sort of evolving into a comfortable place. And I do like what I do. And I do like the impact that I have. And I do love the people that I meet. I mean, this is an interesting experience. Yeah. And so this is all fun and, and adds color to it. But at the end of the day, with all the noise in the world, like, it is hard to find peace. Sure. And so I do often Unless think about that. you turn on the that. Hallmark Channel. Exactly. There's <laughs> peace there. You hear that, Hallmark? It's a little commercial for you. Yeah. Um, All the people in this building are high stress type A in New York City. Yeah. What do you, so, you know, Thanksgiving hits, right? In the US, and they go home, and what do you think they turn on to find peace? That's right. Right? Hallmark. Some of them are in this room right now. That's right. No one's that sad. No one's that mad. This is the home. Yeah. Yeah. What we deal with is a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I, we, we talk about that a lot, um, that kind of idea. I, I think I'm the type of person who, like I'm not glass half full or half empty. I'm I'm kind of the um, wait. Could I have a bigger glass? Like, <laughs> right. like okay, I don't I don't care. Like is this this glass is half full or half empty. I really don't give a shit. I I I would like to fill it, but there's a bigger glass there. And then once I'm in the bigger glass, I'm like, but there's more glasses. I could yeah. have like ten glasses. Yeah, we could fill them all with water. Yeah. You guys figure out if they're half full or half empty. Right. Let's do that. And um, you know, there's like. I don't know. I I don't think I personally could go to the beach in Costa Rica um, until I know for sure. It's not about financial freedom for me. Until I know for sure that I've done everything I possibly can. Yeah. On Earth. Interesting. Right. And not not like oh I could you know political office or go to the moon or you know anything like that. But like what the cards have been drawn for me are. Yeah. I want to make sure that I I squeeze that completely because I know there's a lot of other people who probably could have done the same thing who chose not to yeah. and the world's probably missing out on 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 different things that that person could have brought to the table so for you it's that kind of dynamic that you think you have something to offer and you feel like it's it's not fulfilling your potential and thus the impact that you can create in other people's lives that sort of motivates you to keep building yeah i think there's i think if you're lucky enough to have to find some sort of platform yeah whether that's in your hometown you know, in, in, on local main street or whether it's now through social or through network television or whatever it might be. Um, I feel like there's a little bit of a responsibility to make the absolute most out of it because so many people don't get that opportunity. Mm. Like they don't, you know, so many people look up to you and are like, man, imagine making five movies a year. Right. And that'll never happen for them. And so you, I think there is a little bit of responsibility there not to like let the world down. I, I don't know. I, um, it sounds very heavy when I say it that way, but I do have a big fear of wasted potential. I was just going to say that the, the first day I ever met you, I asked him, I was like, Ryan, what's your biggest fear? And he said, unwasted potential. And I, I think maybe it's unrealized potential. Unreal, yeah. yeah. You said something like that. Um, but I think it's because we're in New York City. We have a different culture of totally kind of hustle culture. Yeah, we're very much products of our environment yeah. here. Yeah, and like there's, there's no kick back that. and relax. No, you yeah. kick back and relax, and it's immediate sirens, right? It's this, that, the other. Like there is a, I mean, they call it a rat race for for a reason. Yeah. So you have to find peace. But you didn't start here. You started different beginnings. You wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Is there no party that goes like I've built this thing? I have everything. What do I want to actually do? And and is it this a continuation of that? And and if it's if it's motivated by just the fear of not filling your potential, is that a positive experience for you? You're like, yeah, yeah, this is this is a this is a good fear and it's it, it makes me enjoy my life. 
think fear is, is definitely fuel for me. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's danger around us all the time, especially yeah. in the business that we're in as totally. we're building. Like, listen, I, I was good. I mean, I, I, I had that kind of, I don't know what we call it, like a come to Jesus kind of moment, yeah. right? In COVID and before COVID, it was like, okay, so we built a really large sales team. We sell more real estate in the United States anyway than, than anybody else annually. Wow. Right? We're in a great spot. Life is great. Like, you got, wow, you know, you have all the things you could possibly need. I'm not like building my own rockets, right? So we're not like in, you know, richest people in the world territory, yes. but, you know, life is good. Um, uh, but what if? there was something bigger than that. Like, right. what's the next step? Like, what's the next mountain? Like, what's the next glass? Like, we climb this mountain. Like, oh, I made it to the top. We climb Mount Everest. And then you look and you see Kilimanjaro and you're like, fuckers. God <laughs> damn it. Like, all right, we gotta go climb the next one. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I, I, there is stress and, and adrenaline to that. Um, but like, then we started this whole company. Yeah. Right? Like, no, there's no book. There's no, you know, the business plan is written on pieces of paper that are framed in this hallway, yeah. right? By a couple of us that are in this room together right now because there was the opportunity to do something even bigger than just us having good lives. Yeah. And we see what happens. So you, it sounds like you're very passion driven. And I, I, I know you're very passionate about real estate. So I think that's what kind of like fuels it. I, yeah. I mean, obviously Ryan can answer that question the best, but I think, I feel like it's passion. And being in New York City, you don't survive here unless you're passionate about what you're doing for a long-term period yeah I, I, yeah, it's hard to live yeah it's so hard to live and even ask like, answering your question of when you leave to the beach say for a week i used to live in, in florida so i love the beach yeah i love it but every time i go for three days yeah time moves faster in new york yeah when i leave for three days it's like i miss like two weeks of work here and it's like ah and then i get like a little anxious and yes. it's like what am I? What could I be doing if I was in New York City? Because what is that—a good anxious or a bad anxious? I love New York. Okay. And I and I and you also want to be here, so it's like, yeah, it's I, not for everybody. Though. It's it's that's yeah, that's the thing. It's like I somebody asked me the question, what would you recommend to do to get to New York? And I said, just try it out. Come here, and if this is the right place for you, you will stay here. But I guarantee you that there are many people that don't love this lifestyle. Yeah. But it's just the New York lifestyle. I mean, there's an electricity to the city. It's, yeah. I grew up in cities my whole life, always have, and I always work in different cities, and I love wandering cities and getting to know them. And New York has definitely got a vibe and an appeal that I very much relate to, and I love coming here and, and spending time here. But yeah, I, I just, I, I find myself thinking more and more as I've sort of starting to reach the peak of my little baby mountain. And you're 36. Six, yeah. And I'm going like, what 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 is the end game, and what is it that I'm really after, and and because what 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 is the point of it all? You know what I mean? It's like it's for me it's simple in that I just want everybody around me to be in a good place, mm -hmm. the people that I care about. So once that's done, there's a large part of me that thinks I might just be like, and bounce. I don't think so. I Maybe think, not. I think Kevin Costner is going to call you up. <laughs> And after so, watching this podcast, this is a random right? throw out to Kevin with, Costner with, with the toothpick in the mouth, <laughs> yes. just kind of this like laid back drawl, you know, yes. that you got. And they're gonna be like, this season guy. five of Yellowstone. That's him right there, right? You already got the United States paratrooper hat on, yes. right? Coming down from Canada, you're good yes. to go. Like, I could see that. I auditioned for so the gentleman who wrote that show, Taylor Sheridan, correct? Yeah, 
very talented guy. He's yeah. got a great story, by the way. He created the same thing, a niche, right? Totally. From like hell or high water to like this whole niche of but he, who cares about Westerns and all of a sudden. Now everybody wants to do a Western. Yeah, of course. But here's a guy who was an actor. Yeah. This wasn't really working out for him at a certain point. If I'm maybe getting the story incorrect, I apologize. But from what and I understand. He started creating. Like kind yeah, of like he started doing. writing and just yeah. sort of learned how to write. Wrote, 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 wrote. Yeah. With no real end in sight as far as, I mean, he's got a family, I believe. And, and, and now he's this prolific writer who's producing 400 shows. Yeah. It's just insane. But I auditioned for Mayor of East, uh, Mayor of Kingstown, which is the one with Jeremy Renner. The one that's out right now. Yes. Yes. This, this was a, this was a show that that I was like this is a good show and yeah. it would be fun to go do but those are those are rare but um, but yeah I mean the the hustle culture if you can find the right balance of being motivated for the right reasons to me it's like it's all about why are you doing what you're doing not necessarily what you're doing but what's the intention and I feel like our culture wants things so quickly and so did I when I was young. Gosling was like the next town over. Yeah, yeah. And my like, I was in, uh, God, how do I say this without it being the inappropriate term? I was in a class with unique individuals oh. um, who were not uh, academically inclined. So I would go to this classroom. Stupid people. <laughs> more or less. Um, I didn't say it, you did. Um, and I would go to this classroom because I was in and out working. Yeah. So they just stuck me in this classroom and the teacher there bless her her son was friends with gosling yeah so i would hear like gosling stories and i was like wow like and so i would always sort of think of myself comparing myself to gosling just wasn't getting there and it was frustrating like, i wanted something to happen because i was on this trajectory and then things sort of slowed down and then things evolved but like the culture has gotten to a place where they want everything so much now but as you've built this sort of trajectory over 10 years and as you're going on this journey, building your audience and being involved in this show, it's like if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're making enough money, like let's be honest, you have to be able to survive. Mm -hmm. Eventually it does kind of come full circle. And I know for me, if I was talking to myself younger, knowing that peace of mind that like just be patient yeah. and just you know know what you're doing and why you're doing it and eventually it does kind of you carve yourself out of a place this would be wildly fruitful and i think this is why i'm questioning now like sort of like where do i want to end up what's the end game so i don't that think, I'm I don't think you know i don't no one, no one knows i think you're one of the reasons we were also excited uh when you actually responded and said you would do this so thank you um My pleasure, is, man. like we are all as as fans of yours and someone who's built a, a niche product mm. right like you you have influence in a niche marketplace yeah like we we're, we're not sitting here with i don't even know but like it's it's like we're very interested in people who've created kind of those 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 markets almost for themselves right mm. and and started to take that audience elsewhere and then whether it's through the tradition we just talked about or different business opportunities or then writing and producing it's like you don't always know which road life is going to take you down but once it starts taking you away and you're like I, really is this really the way i'm going to go i think there are people like yourself and you know uh, andy in his own way you know who who will then you know say okay fine that's now let's go fast Right. right. This is the road I'm on. Guess we're going this way. Yeah. Not the plan, mom. Yeah. Um, uh, but then you go real fast because it could take you 
to anywhere. Yeah. And right? take you maybe back to the place that you originally thought you might end up. Yeah. Because then you ask yourself, well, what, what did I actually want? Did I want to be Christian Bale or did I want to make an impact and make people happy? And I go back to when I was young and I think about why did I do this in the first place? Sure. It's because I made that lady in the front row cry and I got a reaction. And I was able to pay some bills. Dude, you're so good at making women cry, by the way. Oh, like, Thank I just want to, like, but for make the them laugh. Reasons. Right. Make them cry. <laughs> Jen's crying right now. Did you see her wiping tears away? Jen's on Instagram. She doesn't care about it. Yeah, I'm following about. you on Instagram. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's right. Scrolling. Scrolling. Right. Infinite scroll. Um, uh, yeah. I think, that, you know, the, the, I think if you are, if you're a good person yeah. and you're a hard worker, like, life is going to find a way for you. It just might not be down the road you thought it was going to be. Totally. And then I think, like you were talking about two different types of people, you have the type of person who will hit that brick wall and say, ah, didn't work out. And they cut and run or they say, or they quit or, you know, they, they, they ignore the signs that were given them instead of saying yes and, you know, like a good improv um, and moving along a, a different opportunity. Yeah. Right. So what's your next product? You should create like a line of boots, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I think it was a collaboration with Andy yeah. on, on on the floor here. And Boot Barn. Boot Barn. Do you know Boot Barn? No, what's that? Oh, it's my favorite boot store. Do you know what Boot Barn is? You boot obviously barn. would have a favorite boot store. <laughs> boot Barn. I see you have boots over there. They're covered <sighs> in people plastic send me bags. boots. Yeah, I have them. Yeah, cowboy I haven't worn boots. them. It, send them to me, please. I boots. love cowboy boots. You can't fit them. What size shoe do you have? Well, no, I'm telling the people that send them to you to send oh. them to me. <laughs> Someone please send any send shoes. Me. Show them the bottom of your feet, please, so they know that no. you need tell new them shoes. Them show them, shoes show size. them, show them, or you're. What is happening? What are you like, trying to? Them the shoe. No, show them the bottom so they know that you need uh, better sold shoes. He's roasting my shoes. I don't like the color. Okay, he's gonna I'll stress out. There, there you go. go. There you go. They're worn heavily. Yeah. As I walk around. Be. It's New York City. I'm not gonna be in a car like you, Mister Fancy. <laughs> How old are you? Guess. Take a wild guess. I won't get offended. There's no winning Just, here. There's no winning. 23. 23? Yeah. Okay. I'm 23. I, I think I look younger though, right? And so then when did you show up here? So- uh, We found him on TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah? And uh, you reached out to him? Yeah, like we found him. Things, yeah. Cody here kind of told me about him. He said, listen, this guy runs around on TikTok. He's built a huge following. At the time, I think it was like, you just crossed 200,000 yeah, like subs or followers that way. Um, and he's young and in New York City. Yeah. And it's a generation that that I just don't. Right, so our, you know, the average age of a real estate agent, yeah. kind of in North America, is like fifty-six. The average age of agents at this company is, I think, just under twenty-eight. Um, and so he's still, you know, young compared to to the average. The median is probably closer to like a twenty-five, twenty-six. Wow. Um, uh, but that's the next generation: buyers, wow. sellers, influence over parents, making decisions. Um, and like you've seen, like lead generation, creating business, like in the way that you create business for yourself by coming up with new story ideas, you know, the seven wise men and all their babies <laughs> and bringing it to the Hallmark executives. Four to seven. Right? He's, you know, creating content on TikTok and driving traction and turning it into real business. So we're all in a content to commerce game here. Yeah. You know, we've just found our own individual ways to, you know, to do it. And you said something earlier that I found very interesting that I think a lot of my film friends can relate to. Yeah. You said you were doing the Hallmark thing to deliver a product and you weren't really taking it and trying to create something that was like your personality. You're yeah. trying to deliver. And then on the side, you were working on your passion projects too, which I think is very interesting because a lot of my friends I chat with say that they don't want to be working on sets right now because 
they want to be in control of the story. Right. And what you, when you said that, I related to it very much because I believe that sometimes you have to play the game to be able to do your passion in the future. And for me, when I got to New York, I wanted to play the game somehow. And I just started making those videos, those TikTok yeah. videos. Yeah. And I found very, I'm so lucky. I found that perfect niche where I could make videos and then make real estate money at the same time. Right. And that's why I love it. It's passion based. So, but even that it's like, cause, cause the next thought after that of, of the idea, we heard this Hollywood thing where one for them, one for me, or do this to sort of pay the bill so I can do my passion thing. You do 15 for them. (laughs) (laughs) I do a hundred for them and one short film for myself. Um, but, the next sort of thought after that, if you're, if you're, I think if you're maybe paying attention, which is kind of what you're talking about and what you're doing, is you just take that thing that you think is the thing maybe you need to do to pay the bills, and you just turn it into the thing that you originally wanted to do. Yes. And you yes. do that gently, and you do that, you know, without, because again, like I'm not exerting myself over these movies trying to, because like my comf- my Hallmark movies are not Hallmark movies. I love like this romantic genre but like i watch phantom thread when i'm feeling depressed okay phantom threads a paul thomas anderson movie that yeah you Daniel 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 Lewis. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay yeah. yeah you must love it with all your jackets and coats <laughs> <laughs> yeah um like that or like ad astra like these are my favorite movies my comfort movies so like i'm not trying to turn these movies into something that they're not i'm trying to see what's valuable about them and and make it into something that's maybe more valuable than right. maybe people are seeing the potential in. That's kind of what you're doing with yours. You're curving social media into this job that you're now doing. And when those two things meet, it can kind of emerge this new thing that maybe you didn't realize you're passionate about, but becomes something that you you are passionate about. And then can sort of pursue that thing on the side that really is maybe the pure version of what you're interested in. And for me, like these other things that I do with my friends, again, I'm not I don't want hard. I don't want to die making movies. I want to just enjoy good people, good things, and 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 try to make the things that I also do really like. Can we make sure that you that moment? Can we just cut it and just save it, put it in the vault? So when you're doing those stunts with Tom Cruise yeah. five years from now, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be we're going to get great views on whatever the future of social media is. We'll be like back then when he was doing Hallmark movies and he wouldn't do his own. So you're hanging there by an anaconda yes. and you're like, I changed my mind. I went yeah. where the road took me, Sirhan. Or the other way when I'm just completely blown out, fully canceled in the culture, just like take this quote, this moment where he's like, yeah, he's already telling you that he's already out. Yeah, no, that won't happen. I've been and watching you, you a, bring lot a lot of Tom Cruise movies lately, actually. This side of it, like, I would love doing those movies. Yeah. Like, days filled without learning dialogue and just, like, pushing your body, this yeah. would be something wildly enjoyable. That's three me. weeks of doing one fight scene in a bathroom totally. kind of thing. I'm so in for that. I'm gonna... Does Hallmark have, like, a Christmas-themed airplane? I wish. That would be. That'd like, be you guys are just, like, the Hallmark plane. Yes. That's I, just I, awesome with candy canes and love and stuff. I don't yes. know if this is a dumb question or not, but is Hallmark channel the same as a store? So the, the, the parent company is Hallmark. So okay. there are card yeah, the cards right? in the store and, and they all have stuff. a whole bunch of gear and other things that they do and, and, and products that they make. And then one of their companies that they own is the Hallmark channel. And this is another form of revenue for them. So do you get discounts at the store? I've never been into a store, <laughs> but I was texting with somebody who's like the sort of public so We should relations. take you to a Hallmark so store. Well, Hallmark see what happens. Like, that would be viral content. Right. <laughs> well, I feel bad because I showed up empty handed. I should have had something for your, for your, for your wife, for your yaya. <laughs> But I was going to say, if you guys want anything, I was texting with um, the person who kind of wrangles all of us. Her name's yeah. Annie Howell. She's lovely. 
and she's she talked about that like there are like headquarters where we can like go in and like get gear or if you guys <laughs> wanted some gear for your yeah yeah your wife hallmark i can gear. hook that up oh dude yeah well thanks hallmark. man thank yeah. you so much for being here thank you for doing this this is this thank has been great we love your story we love the mission that you're on and the social impact that you're making and we're super excited to watch you grow and the next 200 hallmark movies that you do thanks buddy appreciate <laughs> it's it it's gonna be good yeah. so excited What's yeah I'm a, i know for a fact my mom's gonna fangirl now yeah, yeah. I've every fan, every she watched. I I grew up listening to the movies because yeah. I was always like Hearing working or yeah. homework and stuff, and she yeah. was always watching. So great to meet you. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll send her a video if you like. We will. We will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, go follow this guy. All right, go follow it, blow him up, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Nice. All right, let's take a photo. Thank you. Woo!